Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. Here's Pastor Ryan. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He said that we were to partake of the bread in remembrance of him. It was not to be taken as a means of salvation. And there are many who believe that if they take communion, that somehow this is, this is their way of, of getting saved. And that's not true. We are saved by faith and faith alone, not by works, lest any man should boast. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We cannot win our salvation ourselves. Our good works are like filthy rags, the Bible says. There is none that has done good. No, not one. We have all sinned. Everyone has sinned, except for who? For Christ. And so only Christ can be the propitiation for our sins, which means that he alone can satisfy the wrath of God that was to come to us because of our sins. The punishment for our sins is death, not just physical death, but spiritual death, separation from God. And so Jesus on the cross took God's wrath upon himself that was supposed to go solely to you and solely to me. That's what he did. And this was to be done in remembrance, not for salvation. The bread does not become the literal body of our Lord, which is called transubstantiation, which is something the Catholic Church believes. And they believe that that the, the bread actually becomes the very body of Christ and that the, the cup actually be, becomes the literal blood of Christ, but that is not true. When Jesus institutes communion, he is still alive. He is in his body. So how can the bread become his body if he's alive when he institutes it? He says, no, do this in remembrance of me. It's a representative of his body, but it doesn't literally miraculously become the body of our Lord. In Romans chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Jesus doesn't have to die again and again and again, which is the idea behind Mass, that somewhere in the world this has to take place. He's already died. He's already paid the price. This is a forget-me-not do this in remembrance. Why? Because God knows that people are forgetful. God knows that we are forgetful. That if we don't take communion regularly, we will forget what he has done for us. We will forget how much he loves us. We will forget how serious sin is. We will forget how serious it is to be holy. We will forget how serious it is to love one another. 
That's what communion was meant for, for us to remember his great sacrifice, remember what he said, and then to be a doer of what he said. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I love the word of God. I love that you have Bibles. I love that you have Bibles. Because your Bible holds the church accountable. Your Bible holds the church accountable. Your Bible holds me accountable. Any church that doesn't want you to know the scriptures, what are they hiding? Look at their history. Look at what they're hiding. Look at what's going on in their history. Look at the sin. Look at the hurt, the pain, the suffering. In the last days, the Lord says perilous times will come. Men will, will, will not heed sound doctrine. They're not going to want to hear the scriptures. They want churches to just give them fluffy messages. And keep them happy. Keep them sedated. Nah, give me the truth. You know what I mean? Give me the truth. God gave us brains to use them. We can't be spiritually lazy. We can't be intellectually lazy. We have to seek the truth. And so, again, in remembrance, in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your inequities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Communion, the breaking of the bread, the drinking of the cup, should remind you of how awesome God is. How awesome God is to you. How much he loves you. How much things are working together for your good. He loves you. And and Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We have to obey the Lord. As part of communion, we remember him and, and what he tells us to do. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's the new covenant. It's the new contract. It's the new pact. It's the it's the new uh contract with the Lord that this is how man is saved. Man is saved through faith in my spilled blood on the cross. That is what he's saying. This is the only way for mankind to be saved is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When he made the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, and they fell in the garden, they had everything going for them. They were so blessed. But they, but Eve was deceived by the serpent, by Satan. Adam was not deceived. He just, he just went along with it. He wasn't deceived. He just didn't honor the word of God. And because of that, sin and death entered the world. And God provided for them when they were naked, the first clothing for them, which was the skin of a sacrificed animal. It was teaching Adam and Eve and the generations to come 
Sin is so destructive. It is so wicked. It'll, it'll hurt you. So God loves his people. God loves his children. And he wants the world to know sin is so destructive. It costs a lot. Animals were, had to be sacrificed. The blood represented the atoning or the, the covering for sin. And it all spoke to one day, Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, will come to take away our sins. That he is the Lamb of God that will give us a clean conscience and purify our and, get, and make a way for us to go to heaven. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And he, Jesus himself, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. In Matthew 26, 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. New meaning. In the Old Testament, they brought their animals, sin offerings, The people would put their hands on that sin offering. The priest would kill it and sprinkle the blood and it would cover their sins. This is a new covenant. No more do you have to do that. Now all you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Not just believe in him like the demons do. Believe in him by putting your trust in him as your Lord and Savior. That is the only way. People like to say all roads lead to God. It just matters if you're a good person. I just told you what the Bible says. There aren't any good people. If you're insulted, just read the Ten Commandments and see if you've kept them your whole life. And if you broke it, you're guilty and the punishment is death. What are you going to do about that? How do you make yourself clean? There is no other way. Jesus came. The book of Hebrews tells us that God himself provided a sacrifice. He didn't want the sacrifices of the people anymore. He, he's, he's providing himself a body, and that body is Jesus Christ. And it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission. It's, it, it's through, this is why we preach the gospel. Because if other ways, if other ways led to heaven, then why did Jesus come in the first place? If other ways lead to heaven, why did Jesus come? Every culture has had their own ideas of what makes them good. Their own ideas of how they would they will go to heaven. You go around the world and you're going to get a million opinions of what constitutes one going to heaven. Where the Bible says there's only one. And it's through Jesus. Peter said in, uh, in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, narrow is the path that leads to life and difficult. And there are few who find it. But broad is the path that leads to destruction. There are many preachers out there. There are many churches who will tell you what you want to hear and tell you that it's broad. Oh, yeah, they're going to get in. 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 Why? Those are pretty good people. I'm telling you. Now, give me the truth. 
Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. He says, unless we believe in him, unless we confess him as Lord and Savior, we're not going to heaven. So I'm great. That's why he says you must be born again in John chapter 3, verse, verse 3. You must be born again. Like all your ideas and all of your philosophies of what makes you good and what gets you to heaven, you need to surrender that and acknowledge that you were wrong. The only way is through Christ. But here's the deal. Our friends may not like us if we tell them how narrow the path is. If you care that much, you know, I understand. The older I get, the less I care about what people think of me. <laughs> when I was younger, you know, it's like, oh, I, I need to be with them. They need to be with me. God comes with that sword. I came to, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword to divide. Within a family to divide. He says, if you love mother or father or son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy to enter the kingdom of God. Does God have the right to even divide amongst family? I've gone to the point where like family, friends, whoever, I love my wife, but if she goes astray biblically, you think I'm not going to tell her, honey, you're going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Jesus over everyone in my home. That means I love them because they need somebody to, truth sets us free. We can pretend like, oh, you're good, I'm good, we're all good, as long as you're not hurting anybody. As long as you sleep in our bed tonight, you know, under our protective roof. That's how people think, because we're thinking about what's comfortable. We're thinking about ourselves. That, that, Satan will make things so comfortable, so convenient, so fluffy. Isn't it loving? And all of that, you know, right into an oven of death. The truth will set you free. Jesus said, if they hate you, they hated me. If they exclude you, they would exclude you. You know, So, you know, maybe you have to say this morning, Lord, I'm afraid to speak the truth because I do care. Help me not to care, to love them enough to tell them the truth. The truth. Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold or aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know, we were saved by the precious blood of Christ, not the tradition of our fathers. You know, before I got saved, I had this, Big old medallion. I've spoken about it before. This onyx stone of the Virgin Mary. And I had, it was like, it was diamond cut, like glittered. Diamond cut. It was a player chain. And, uh, you know, when I heard the narrow way, and I heard the words of God that we honor her, but we don't pray to her, I took that so personal. Like, you're messing with my, my abuela. You're messing with my yaya. You're messing with my aunts in Mexico. What do you, no, 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 no. We honor her, but we do what the Bible says in spite of the traditions of our fathers. Can God, does God have the right to change your, your theology? Some people say, no, no, let him. He's God, we're not. He knows. 
The closer we get to the scriptures, the better we are. We are. And Mary said, her very last words was at that uh, wedding in Cana recorded. Whatever he says, do. So I eventually took it down and no more Virgin Mary on my neck. I still love her. But why am I going to go to Peter for my problems? He had his own problems. God, God, I mean, I've heard it. We go to Mary because she knows women better than than God because she's a woman. No, no, no. God created women. There's anybody who knows about women, it's God. So it it just, you know, and, and, and it's this idea of separation. You must go to a priest to confess. You want to get right, go see the priest. You want to get right, just tell God, I've sinned, I'm sorry. I'm yours, I'll follow you. I'll do what you say, that's it. You mean that in your heart? You're born again. Give me your spirit. That's it. You don't need to go. There's no mediator between man and God except for Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So the blood is important, right? Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. Now, you know, he's going to get into, well, we might as well just go through it. But anyways, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. Okay, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so it's to do two things. It's for you to be, to remember, for you and I to remember him and what he's done. Looking back right at the cross, we remember what he has done. And it says, it says that we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So it looks back and it looks forward to remind us that he's coming. I'm telling you, the, the communion is also to be taken so that we are reminded that this can be the very last day we spend on earth and we might be before Jesus. We, we, we should be right, get right with him. We should be ready. If you look at the prophetic calendar, like what's coming next for the world? The world is cuckoo, it's crazy. You don't even have to be a believer to know that a one-world antichrist government is coming. They ain't even hiding it. We want to track you, surveillance you. We want to know what you buy, what you eat. All of that stuff's coming. We are the world. Let's all hold hands and be one whole, one nation, one world nation. No, God made the nations. He divided us. Since the Tower of Babel, he, he changed our languages so that Man wouldn't unite because when you get everybody on the same page, usually wickedness arises. And God will judge the nations. Mexico is going to be judged for Mexico. China is going to be judged for China. United States will be, you know, he can judge individually. Just like he's going to judge people individually. He judges nations. But anyhow, we see what's going on and communion should warn us to be ready for his return. He can come at any moment. The Bible says that he's going to come for his church first. 
which is the rapture of the church, which is in the Bible. Uh, there are churches out there who will say it's not in Scripture. There's that Sandals Church up the street, the, the pastor was saying that it's just a Western philosophy, a church philosophy, and he's wrong. The leader of that church said, nah, it ain't going to happen. It is going to happen. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, you can write that down, check it out later. Behold, Paul says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means death. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we should be changed. He says it. Not all of us are going to die. When it's time to go home and be with the Lord before he brings judgment upon this Christ-rejecting world, he's going to pull us out of here. That's what's going to happen. The Bible says that we're not appointed to wrath. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. No, no godly man would ever lay a hand on his wife. Why would the Lord pour wrath upon his bride? We are, we are, the wrath that we face today is from the devil and this fallen world. That's, that's the wrath that we face today. Well, this is why Christians die around the world. It's the wrath of Satan. It's the wrath of sinful man. But the wrath that's coming from our Lord Jesus Christ is going to make all of this look like nothing. It's going to be like the world has never seen. I think of my beloved Hawaiian islands. I think of Maui. I'm a quarter Hawaiian and, you know, 80 something deaths. That fire came boom, quick, quick, quick. There wasn't enough time for people to get out of their cars to jump in the water, in the ocean. They just burned. So there's, it's just, when things happen, they can happen rapidly. And things are happening more, happening more rapidly. But God, those who are alive, when it's, when the last person gives their life to Jesus Christ, when the last person gives his life, he's going to take his church out of here. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 through 18, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or who have died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then... We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Think about it. We who are alive and remain will be caught up. The word caught up in Greek is harpozo. Harpozo, which means to be snatched away by force. Harpozo. The Latin translation is raptus. The English translation to raptus is rapture. And that is where it is in the Bible. Don't let our sweet brothers in the Catholic Church tell you it's not in the Bible. I just explained to you that it is. It is. Amen? It is. In Acts chapter 8, a, a crazy thing happened to Philip the Evangelist. As he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch there by the water in the desert. In Acts chapter 8, verse 39 through 40, it says, Now when they came up out of the water, he just baptized them. The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. 
and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in uh, Azotus. So you can imagine, man, Philip, whoosh, the eunuch, right? Ah, yeah, awesome. And then he was just disappeared, Star Trek style. <laughs> Gone. To like Moreno Valley. <laughs> Enoch walked with God and, and was not. God took him without him dying. Elijah was taken up in a chariot of fire. He did not die. We have these examples. Jesus said, I go to paraphrase. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.